0: Tim
1: McMahon delivers an updated cojones Factor Rankings. I know that's exactly what you expected for the first show of 2022 on utahjazz.com. Dave P. Chunga, Round Ball Roundup on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS 3112, Equal Housing Lender. You're not going to want to miss Tim McMahon delivers the goods. He is the ESPN NBA reporter, Hoop Collective, covers this region for the worldwide leader. He was scheduled to be here last week, didn't end up making the trip. He will be in the future, I'm sure. But he gave the goods. And you got to hear if he has a jazz player on his Cajones Factor rankings. Think Tim McMahon, you think band, and you think Cajones Factor. So he lets us know. Housekeeping being off the top winner for the Jordan Clarkson jersey it is Heidi congratulations you win a signed Jordan Clarkson jersey all you had to do was subscribe to the podcast listen to the podcast she did it she wins I want to involve you guys more because if I learned anything over the last weekend when I went on TV jazz prehab and post on at Sportsnet I realized how many of you sickos are listening like the crossover that happened there was super impressive and I'm glad that you listened to both you know as we go into the new year new year new me same me though
0: new year new me same me though
1: like you stick around for these the drops for everything and I really am grateful stick around and listen to the podcast subscribe leave reviews it was cool to be on TV but also very very scary. I'm podcast guy. I'm not TV guy. And the last time I was on live television was Time Warner Cable six years ago when I was in school. It's been a while. And going from podcasts where I have unlimited time to TV where I've got 20 seconds to make a point, it was very different. Very different. Because when you review the tape, and I'm I'm looking at myself... This wasn't as good as it felt, and this wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And if you listen to the podcast, you know I I have so much respect for the people who go on TV and do this, who are presenting basketball for you. It's such a difficult job. You have a million things that you're trying to juggle, and you're trying to entertain, and you're trying to get in quippy lines. George Sedano can do it all. He looks calm when there's a storm. It's a huge skill. I was so impressed when I heard... Neil Everett on the podcast a while ago, and he said he thought he completely blew his first Blazers post game. This is a guy who was on Sport Center for a million years, and even he is thinking to himself, "Oh no, I failed. That just tells you how difficult of a job it is. And what do you do in response? Did it again. That's all. It was cool to do that. I think next time uh, we'll be more loose. I'll try to make a, a little bit of a heads up online about me doing the show, but appreciate all you watching. Saw the kind messages; just wanted to reach back out and say thank you. I appreciate it. Next time I go on, I will give you a heads up, and also I'll leave it out to you guys. What are references that you want in the show? What should I what should I get in? You know, you stick through it. You listen for the succession metaphors, bits. Drops, pay back to you guys, the audience. And how about this? If you leave a five-star review on iTunes, guess on those charts, and the review you tell me a drop to put in, I will put it in. Just like New Year, New Me, Same Me Though.
0: New Year, New Me, Same Me Though.
1: Lamel Ball. It could be a TV show, it could be a movie, it could be different things. Just let me know what you want. Only if you leave a five-star review. Okay, enough navel-gazing, enough self-involvement. Thank you, though, for listening. Seriously, in the new year, it's going to be big. It's going to be better. We're going to keep having fun here on the podcast. But to the basketball, and I'll keep it quick due to band being on the show, but the main takeaway from Jazz Warriors, and it was an awesome game to watch, really competitive, lots of changes and adjustments going back and forth, two great coaches, two great teams, Takeaway from me, that's the level. That's the level that the Jazz need to play at to contend with those top teams. That's the level that the Warriors are playing at right now. Did the Jazz have the best game that they could ever play? I don't think so. I mean, one, that they didn't have their entire assortment of players. Hassan Whiteside not being there. Had them playing small. And just look at the box score. Rudy Gay, minus 19. Rudy Gobert, plus 10. Now is that a indictment on what Rudy Gay did? No, because I think you have to try new things. That Rudy Gay at center lineup, those combinations, it's only played 54 minutes together on the floor. So you have to try new things to watch TV. That was my new year's resolution. Try new things. And they did that in that game. They tried a box and one when Rudy Gay was out there. They tried a zone when Gobert was out there this year isn't about the regular season as much as it is last year. about the postseason, about getting better and refining to that level. The only comparable game Jazz have played to that Jazz Warriors one was the Miami games that they had earlier this year. And those teams are on the level. They're in that tier. And for the Jazz to keep it close without Donovan having a breakout game like the night before when he has his season high, that was impressive. Golden State's playing better right now. And it happens. Warriors are so deep, even without Draymond. And if they have Draymond, they have a better facilitator offensively, and they have a better defense. So that second meeting that's coming towards the end of the month when they play Phoenix and Golden State in a back-to-back, that one we might learn even more of what you got. That was a fun, fun game to watch. And you're looking for competitive basketball this year, that's right up there. Over the weekend, it was the best game on the docket, okay? One versus three. If you don't get up for that game, I don't know how to help you. Entertaining. Good stuff. We talk about it more, though, with Tim McMahon, so I'm not going to step on it. Podcast brought to you by Fanatics. For authentic Utah Jazz player gear, including jerseys, shorts, warm-ups, and more, visit fanatics.com slash jazzgameused. That's fanatics.com slash jazzgameused. Five stars, nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to the podcast. And like I said, off the top, if you leave a review and put in the drop you want me to use, I'll use it on the podcast. A thank you for helping me. Thank you for being there. Whole world's thanking you. Let's get to Tim McMahon, ESPN NBA, Hoop Collective, the Big Texan, one of my favorite guests talking NBA. Enjoy. Bam mcmahon more unlikelier youtube star you guys at the hoop collective or bobby marks
0: oh man that's a good question i'll tell you what well bobby to his credit i mean he was a one-man band until the you know the espn folks said hey hey, hey, let's put these on our platforms uh i just i just ride the coattails of of bond temps which uh, that's the only time I'll ever say that, but this is totally a bond tense production and they just needed me on there. So there's at least one decent looking dude.
1: Bobby's impressive because it's just him and he's giving you loads of information. You guys are just gas bagging the whole time. <laughs>
0: Bobby is an encyclopedia of NBA info. There is no question. If you ever have any doubt about anything cap related or really anything in the NBA, Bobby is the best resource you could possibly imagine and i will say having bobby as a teammate at espn <laughs> it is a huge bonus it's like bobby espn stats and info if, if you're not using those two things in your working in our company you, you are not doing it right
1: nba on espn catch the fresh face of tim mcmahon bobby marks let's get to the jazz jazz warriors Amazing game over the weekend. What was your take?
0: Yeah, really good game. Um, you know, obviously if Donovan has e- even a decent shooting game, that that might be different. Um, you know, but it it did the 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 problems that have popped up for the Jazz in the last couple of playoffs popped up again. You know, the the Jazz's concerns about perimeter defense against elite opponents remain there to this day. And you know, and and this one is a little bit interesting because there was so much talk, and I think Quinn Snyder and your local media and some other folks have pointed out how, how misguided it was, but it, there was so much talk about, oh, the Jazz, you know, they, they weren't able to go small, and that's why they lost that series against the Clippers. And when the reality is Rudy's propping up that defense, and it, it just – there was too much, too much falling down to prop it up during that series against the Clippers. And in this game, you know, they're plus 10 when Rudy's on the floor and then forced to go small. When he, when he wasn't playing because, uh, you know, Son Whiteside was out due to the concussion protocols. Um, and th- the non-Rudy minutes were disastrous. Uh, you know, the, the, the good news is Whiteside, especially for a minimum contract, has been really, really good for the Jazz. Um, the bad news is that the idea that Rudy Gay gave them a small ball option, you know, it's, it's early and it's small sample sizes and all that, but defensively and rebounding, uh, I would have a lot of concerns about those lineups, especially if you're talking about you know using them against the uh, you know, the people you're gonna have to get through if you're going to get out of the Western Conference.
1: I was looking on uh, Schumann's power rankings this morning and he had uh, the Rudy Gay at center lineups. It's only played 50 minutes this entire year. Is it a worthy in Denver to continue to, use those lineups the rest of the year?
0: I I think that one, you're not going to have a choice, but to use them. some, right. Because, you know, Whiteside, maybe he'll miss some time from here and there, you know, Rudy, there might be times where it makes sense for Rudy to rest. If it's a a busy stretch of schedule, you know, I, you know, he's not a guy who likes to do that, but there there could be times where that makes sense. So I think you're going to get somewhat of a sample size uh, regardless. Um, I also think it, it does make sense to, you know, to give it a shot and to kind of know exactly what you have uh, to, to give those lineups, uh, you know, whether you're playing with combinations or just trying to, you know, uh, establish some sort of comfort level. You, I think you have to know what you have and know whether that is, you know, actually, a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a weapon in your arsenal going into the playoffs. And if the answer is no, the answer is no. But the answer can't be, I don't know going into the playoffs.
1: What was your expectation for Rudy Gay heading into the year?
0: Yeah, and I did think that he presented the flexibility to play some small ball. Uh, again, to this point, that's not, uh, that's not been really accurate. Um, but more than anything, I thought that, hey, he was a, and I, I like George Niang. I think he's, he's been a really good fit Philly, and I think he was a great developmental success story for the Jazz. The playoffs are rough. I think Rudy Gay is a better player than than Niang. Not as good of a uh, of a shooter, uh, just a catch and shoot guy. But you know, still a good shooter, still a guy that defenses ha- have to respect. And just has you know uh, more size. You know, I think he's he's a better, more versatile defender, more playmaking ability. It uh, just gives you a little bit more in a lot of areas than Niang gave you. Um, and so you know, you're talking about what, the, the eighth, ninth man on the roster, but, you know, a, a guy who's going to be in your playoff rotation, uh, you know, upgrading that position. And again, I think the, the small ball stuff would have been a bonus. Um, but I do, I I really do think that that stuff has been misconstrued. And, and, you know, a lot of this is just from talking to Quinn and, and I know he's, he's been very, uh you know, adamant and and explanatory with, with the local media as well. And essentially the idea that Rudy Gobert can't defend against small lineups (laughs) is ridiculous. If they needed one stop against any player in the league with a guy on the perimeter, Rudy would be their best defender. Now he might look goofy. He might get beat, but he would give them their best odds. What Rudy can't do and, And I'm not sure there's a human being on the planet who can, you know, Giannis is the only one who might have any hope at all is consistently have to come in because there's a blow by protect the rim and then run back out to the corner and and challenge a three point shooter. And then Terrence Mann got, got scorching hot, but you know, the the way Quinn put it to me is you don't go small to get stopped. You go small to score. Um, And so I think the challenge for Rudy, obviously, there's always going to be a challenge for him defensively because he has so much responsibility on that in the floor. But the challenge for Rudy is, hey, if you run into, you know, whoever it is, they want to play small, can you punish them on the other end? Can you, can you make them pay for that by, uh, you know, when you get a, a guard switched on, to, you you know, you go down, you get deep position, you're you catching, turning, and turn scoring. Um, so I, I think that's the bigger challenge for Rudy uh, Gobert. And then, you know, we'll see if Rudy Gay at the five is is really something that's realistic going to the playoffs, but Rudy Gay as your backup four, I think, is a a really good rotation piece.
1: It seems like Rudy's punishing those more. Is that just a product of what we saw in the Olympics, getting those seals down low? The fact that France was playing through him sometimes?
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think the Olympics were, you know, were kind of, I don't want to say a, a breakthrough for him, but certainly... Uh, there, there was progress there. Um, and, you know, he's a smart guy. He's a proud guy. He understands, you know, the flaws in his game. And, and you know, he, he's going to work on that. And he's never going to – you're not going to run post-ups for Rudy Gobert. You know, he, he's, he's never – he's not going to morph into a French version of Hakeem Olajean. You understand that. What you need him to be able to do, though, is, again, uh, be able to establish that deep position, and, and punish it with you know, simple drop steps, just be big, be, be strong, attack. He's, he's, he's maybe the best pick-and-roll big guy in the league just in terms of setting great screens, rolling hard to the rim, finishing or you know, forcing help and opening things up either for the guy with the ball in his hands or for that corner three-point shooter. And so this is really just kind of a, you know, a another development of, of that aspect. Um, and the other thing is I think Rudy's become a better passer um, so if he is able to, to, to force help, if he gets a, a small on him, he's able to force help. I think he's better at being able to damn make decisions off of that. Um, you know, but look, as much as we're talking about Rudy Gobert, they've got to be better on the, on the uh, perimeter defensively. That's really what this comes down to. And, uh, you know, I was reading, uh, our, our nerdy buddy, Andy B. Larson last night and, uh, you know, we're. And, and I, I didn't see the uh, the Zoom, uh, so I didn't see the exact, you know, exactly what Conley said. But it, essentially, it was like, yeah, you know, when 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 Rudy's not back there, we got to do a better job containing the ball. And uh, you can read Andy's stuff for the complete answer, but the uh, the shortened version of Quinn's answer was no bleep. <laughs> and by the way, we need to be better. We need to be better containing the ball when Rudy's on the floor too.
1: Let me tell you about First Colony Mortgage. They've been serving the lending needs of Utah for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out at First Colony Mortgage. Is there a fix to that? I mean, it's been the problem for this team for a couple of years now. They need somebody who's a perimeter option other than Royce O'Neal, who has been their do-all, everything answer to that question. But is there something available out there, teams that Jazz fans should watch, that could be selling towards the deadline?
0: Well, I, I think that it's obviously the, the job of uh, Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck in the front office to explore all of those options. And they need to, you know, figure out what is available. And then they it might come down to a decision of, hey, do how much do we want to sacrifice offense for defense? Um, you know, this is a team, obviously, who after that brick fest in the playoffs, the first round loss to Houston a few years ago, went the complete other direction, and they sacrificed uh, defense for offense, and it's paid dividends. You know, the the Jazz right now, they're right up there with the best offenses in NBA history, and which basically says they're right up there with the best offenses from last year. The difference is everybody else in the league has dropped, scoring's down pretty significantly across the league. The Jazz are still right up there at, uh, at peak levels. This is a team that's got a ton of playmaking, a ton of shooting. Um, you know, two big guys who are, are, are great finishers. You know, Rudy's a guy who creates space in, in, in a lot of different ways, despite, you know, all of the scoring basically coming uh, at the basket. Um, but again, the you know, just hy- a hypothetical, and this is one, I, I think I'm stealing this idea from Kevin O'Connor from the ringer. It might, it might be from somebody else, but I think this is a, a KOC idea. Is there, you know, if if it comes down to, uh, Boyon plus a pick to Detroit for Jeremy Grant. You know, is 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 that something that you're willing to do? Boyon's an awfully good offense player. You know, uh, he he's he's a guy who doesn't need the ball a whole lot. Is going to give you twenty efficiently, pretty consistently, and really stretches the floor uh, just by being on the floor. You know, Grant is a guy who can score in different ways and probably would want the ball a little bit more, isn't as good a shooter, but is a significant athletic upgrade. Um, you know, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's something that, you know, like for example, Tory Craig was a guy who, and I'm not saying him in particular, but just as an example, he was a guy who's available on the buyout market. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is there a fit there? Um, you know, can the small market jazz you know, can can they attract a buyout player? Now, I'll, I'll say this. I, I do think, obviously, market matters with, with buyouts. Um, you know, Brooklyn, Lakers, Clippers, they're always going to have an advantage. But if you look at the, the franchise that's had the most buyout players over the last few years, it's been the Milwaukee Bucks. So as much as market matters, you know, being a contender matters and being able to kind of sell a guy on a roll matters. So Again, I, I think the Jazz front office has to explore every opportunity to get another quality perimeter defender. Because if we're, if we're being honest, there's only one on the roster. And uh, you, you're asking Royce O'Neal to guard the best player one through four every night. And, you know, sometimes he's at a significant quickness disadvantage. Sometimes he's at a significant size disadvantage. Uh, you're asking too much out of him a lot of times.
1: What is your read on Danny Ainge being added to the front office? He's been willing to do all sorts of trades. Trader Danny, being mm-hmm. the moniker, uh, in his past. What's been your read on him joining the front office and Justin Zanuck?
0: Yeah, and so, you know, I, I the the one thing I would first say is, uh, it's not it, sentiment is not going to factor into decision making, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Danny Ainge is going to come in there and he is, he is ruthlessly determined to win. And so, you know, if that means trading a fan favorite because he thinks it's upgrading the roster, then I don't think he's going to be afraid to do it. Um, You know, I actually talked to uh, I talked to somebody who worked with Ainge in the, uh, in the Celtics front office. And, you know, he, he thinks this is going to be a really good fit and look, Justin Zanuck, this is the second time he's kind of had the, you know, a top job pulled out from under him. So I think that's tough. But, you know, Zanuck is a is a professional. Um, You know, he's a guy who's got a lot invested in the jazz and, and, you know, he's going to he's going to make this work. Um, And the the guy I talked to who's with the Celtics, he pointed out, you know, Danny. Is really he, he's he's a great player evaluator. He's kind of a a, a, a big picture guy, a basketball guy. He's not a day to day organizational guy. Justin Zanuck is is very good with the day to day. He's a very good with the you know the the organization, and so he thinks just kind of their strengths really will will fit well together. But look, as much as as much as they say, oh, it's a collaborative decision, and and Zanuck's going to have his input for sure. Quinn Snyder has a a say in these matters. You know, there's other voices there. Danny Ainge is going to be the last, most prominent voice in the decision makers ear. And, you know, we understand it's Ryan Smith's team. It's his show. He'll be the final decision maker. Uh, But Danny Ainge is going to be the loudest and last voice in his ear.
1: And that's a huge voice because of the BYU connection, the fact that they, I mean, the golfing buddies deal, you know. As much as that job is the day-to-day and the big picture and the basketball, it's also managing up. You yeah. saw it in Dallas. What happened with that front office? It's
0: managing up. And, and you know, the other thing is it's, a, it's not just a big voice because, oh, it's BYU legend Danny Ainge. And, you know, hey, he's a, he's a cool guy to golf with. The man's got a resume. Yeah. You know, he, he's got a track record. And was he perfect in Boston? No. Nobody who sits in that chair is ever going to be perfect. Did he have a a lot of success with the Celtics? Absolutely. Has he proven that he can build a championship team? Yes. And the difference here, and and you know, Ainge really hit this. He he doesn't have to build a contender. The Jazz are a contender. He he arrived and joined a contender. It's it's on him and you know, and and, and the other people that are that are working with him to figure out. What are the last tweaks? What are the last tinkers? What are the last, you know, what's the last, maybe, maybe it's one piece. How do you get this thing over the hump? You know, they haven't been able to get through the second round. There's a lot of things that, you know, we, and you know, all these things that, that factor into that, um, obviously health matters. Um, but you know, this is a team that hasn't gotten over the hump, and so it's his job to figure out how to get the Jazz over the hump, not how to give them a chance. They've got a chance already.
1: How do you rate them in comparison to the rest of the Western Conference? Let's look bigger picture. Obviously, there's a contenders tier with the Suns and the Warriors. How far off is that group from the Grizzlies, the Nuggets that are below them?
0: So I think there's a a three team contenders tier and the the jazz is the third team in that tier with the two that you mentioned right now, you've got to say that there's the the Grizzlies are kind of on their own tier. You know, as as far as there's a second tier and it's one team at this point. Um, And then, you know, there's that clump of kind of five to really five to eight. If you want to stretch it five to 10 Um, look, can you dismiss the Lakers? No, you, you can't dismiss the Lakers. Not with LeBron looking like you know he's still one of, if not the best player in the league in, in year nineteen.
1: They're unserious right now, as yeah. as we presidents speak. They are un, unserious. In, in this. Right,
0: they need LeBron to keep playing at this level, and they need AD to come back and and play like an All NBA player, which we haven't seen this year. And then you know the Rust thing. I didn't like the fit in the summer. <laughs> nothing is nothing has proved me wrong there. But again, I, just in in general, if LeBron's healthy and has a legit all NBA caliber co-star, you can't rule up. You can't rule out his team. So, um, yeah, the, I think the Mavericks, Luka's got still got to get in shape. But if Luca gets back into MVP candidate form, the Mavericks could be dangerous, uh, although they've been awfully mediocre to this point. Uh, you know, if Jamal Murray. I don't have to tell Jazz fans how dangerous Jamal Murray can be. If, and it's a huge if, if Jamal Murray comes back and and looks like himself come playoff time, uh, a Murray, a Murray Jokic team is not something that anybody's going to want to see in the playoffs. But again, I think if we're if we're talking about serious contenders to get out of the Western Conference, there's three teams, and then a you can't count out LeBron. Rule.
1: Mm-hmm. How's Jod doing this? He's been ridiculous last night able to get what 30 against the nets
0: yeah 36 i mean he's got four straight 30 point games what's what's frightening John moran is shooting better than 40 percent from three-point range for the season for the season and so you know look it's it's not a high volume it's still a pretty small sample size if john moran is an average three-point shooter that is absolutely terrifying because you know how dangerous he is off the dribble. you know what a a just a nightmare. He is uh, in transition. Um, he, he's such a freak athlete who's so fearless. And I don't think, I think his athleticism overshadows his skill, right? His craft. He is such a crafty finisher. I mean, you look at like the finish that he had to beat the sons where uh, he, he beats bridges, you know, one of, if, if not the best wing defender in the league, uh, you know, he he's, hangs in the air and is able to kind of get it up with his left hand uh, off the glass. I mean, you guys saw him in the in the playoff series against the Jazz. It wasn't a, a long series, but Ja was absolutely brilliant in that series. He's got not only the ability to – I mean, he's he has – the only player who has more 20-plus paint point games in the NBA this season than John Moran is Giannis. Think about that. You know, this guy, What is six six two six three? 6'2", like a buck 72 soaking wet. And he's he's the second most dominant paint scorer in the league. And obviously athleticism has a lot to do with it, but his ability to finish when he doesn't get a, a above the rim. That little – he's got that little pogo stick floater. Um, and he's so good at finding the little pockets, you know, on his drives. And, and he's also – you know, Russell Westbrook is an example of a guy who – has unbelievable explosiveness and plays at a million miles per hour at all times. Ja is so shifty; he's so good at changing gears and kind of figuring out when to turn on the jets, when to slow it down. He he he's like Allen Iverson with point guard instincts, right? Because he is he's a really brilliant passer. And you know the other thing is they've got players around him, and we saw that when they went ten and two without him. Um, you know, the idea that the Grizzlies were better without John Moran was <laughs> just <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. But it tells you there's depth, there's other talent. And, you know, I said it on the Hoop Collective last week, I think John Morant and Desmond Bain have barged in the conversation um, as far as best backcourts in the NBA. Compare Desmond Bain's numbers in his age 23 season right now to Clay Thompson's. They're very similar. Very, and I'm not sitting here saying Desmond Bain's going to have a Clay Thompson career. But what I'm saying is I already think he's one of the top 10 shooting guards in the league. And, you know, last night he said John's the he, he thinks Josh in the conversation for the best point guards in the league. I'll go with the number 30 that you guys just saw. <laughs> but in terms of who's having the best season right now. There's Steph, and then among point guards, we can talk about Ja, we can talk about Trey, who's put up great numbers. The Hawks aren't winning, but he's put up great numbers. And I mean, he when Ja said last year he was a top-five point guard, I thought it was premature. He, it's legit right now.
1: He's not afraid. He's not scared. Even against uh, Rudy in that playoff series, he was attacking the rim with reckless yeah. abandon. He's just going, and he doesn't matter because he's such a good finisher at the rim. There's that skill that he has – in addition to being a don't give a bleep player, yeah, he
0: uh, the, his combination of athleticism, finesse, and cojones.
1: Cojones factor, yes.
0: But you know, I got to get it in there. Like, tell me a guy who's got that combination in the league right now of because of, the athleticism is like off the charts.
1: The only one I'm thinking of is is Anthony Edwards right now. He doesn't care when he's attacking the rim, is the thing.
0: He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Um,
1: and he, the comments, the comments that he said about Rudy, I think he actually believes that Rudy is not scary to him because think, he doesn't think that far ahead.
0: I, I don't think Anthony Edwards has league pass. <laughs>
1: that too i mean he said porzingis was a,
0: a yeah, i mean i just bad. like you know i know he's on a rookie contract but he's still making pretty good money i, I suggest he invest 250 bucks in the league pass and i bet you the timberwolves can get him a hookup if really if
1: but you really need that it. you need that as no, a he does. player he does. to have that yeah. confidence
0: but cojones is, isn't just about confidence it's about proven ability to perform yeah. in high-stakes situations and again the Grizzlies didn't get out of the first round that that wasn't a competitive series. But the only reason that series was remotely interesting is because jaw was absolutely brilliant. Uh, you look at what he did in the playing games, you know, you look at what he did in the playing game in the bubble. Uh, they lost to Portland, but, but Jaw put up massive numbers. You look at what he did with Murray state and March madness. You know, this is a guy who, I mean, just look at this run that he's on right now, right? he, like Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Okay, I'm going to be the best player on the floor. I'm, I'm going to hit the buzzer. beater. We're going to win that game. By the way, Bain also had 30-plus in that game. Matter of fact, three straight games, those dudes have combined for 60-plus. LeBron's here. LeBron's playing at, at, at uh, peak LeBron levels. Wow. This, I mean, this guy's – well, I'm still going to be the best player on the floor. I'm going to have 41-10. and 10. We're going to win that game. We're going to come back and win that game. Uh, we're going up to Brooklyn. It's it's Harden. It's KD. No, I'm still going to be the best player on the floor. I'm I'm basically going to uh, rip their hearts out on their home floor. Harden's going to quit, and uh, we're we're going to win this game too. He's he's on an unbelievable run right now. And the other thing, you know, I saw Dame uh, mention that Ja reminded him of himself when he was younger, and he's not talking about you know, stylistically, their basketball game. What he's talking about is the personality. You know, the I think these, Dame to me is one of the best leaders in the NBA, Mm -hmm. right? And he's a guy who, you know, he pumps his teammates up, right? Uh, Guys that want to play with him. Uh, He's got a fearlessness. He's, you know, the whole Dame time thing. There's a chip, you know, under-recruited, mid-major guy. Um, you know, came in as, as a lottery pick, but as a guy who, you know, wasn't a, a, a big name and, and just hit the league by a storm and has been doing it ever since. And I think Jaws has got a lot of the same story, you know, under-recruited, ended up at Murray State, uh, was the number two pick in the draft. But, you know, I, I think that people didn't know a whole lot. Obviously, NBA general managers did, but your casual fan didn't know a lot about John ja Morant. And this guy took the league by storm his rookie year and has gotten better and better and better. And I think there's a competitive charisma uh, about him that I do see similarities to Damian Lillard. And, you know, I I think Donovan Mitchell has kind of that same sort of, you know, like I said, I call it competitive charisma, cojones factor, whatever you want to call it. Um, Which if you get back to the Jazz, you know, one thing that they don't have to wonder about is, hey, do we have a guy who can take over playoff game or a playoff series donovan has done it on multiple occasions they just gotta figure out okay if the other team has that guy how can we how can we get stops at the other end
1: let's finish here top four cojones factor players in the league by
0: okay i'm gonna look at my first of all chris paul has to be number one
1: okay grandfathered
0: in and it's crazy because he doesn't have a ring but like If, if it's a close game down the stretch, like who do you, who do you want Uh, mid range
1: assassin? Yes.
0: Mid range assassin. Um, You know, just a guy who is going to figure out every little advantage for his team being complete control of the game and just an absolute ruthless competitor. He's got a little bit of that Napoleon complex, that little man complex about him, that, that, uh, that ship. So I'm going to go, I would have to put him on the list. Um, I'm going to put Dame on the list, although the Blazers, you know, I think it's time for them to figure out a, a, a new direction. Um, but Dame still would make that list. Uh, tell you what. Hmm. Hmm. See, Kyrie was actually the original, like the, the whole cojones factor. This was back in my early podcasting days, and it, and it came about because they were ripping them up. This is right after the war or the Cavs beat the Warriors and it was I made my uh, debut on whatever the hell we call it, the true Hoop podcast back in the day. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, haverstro a huge dork and uh, I think it was big waz. These guys are like tearing up Kyrie and it was right after Christmas. <laughs> and I'm, you know, talking about all defense, this, that, I'm just like, this dude just hit a game winner on Christmas, like against the team that, Months ago, he hit the you know the the dag, the game seven dagger against like you know so, but I'm not putting Kyrie on there because uh, he's a little
1: too hot right now.
0: Yeah, I'm just he's you have to have played a second in the NBA this season to make this list, so I'm I'm, I'm banning Kyrie from my cojones factor list. Okay, <sighs>
1: he could come back later in the season though if he. You know what
0: him. I do I I'm going to put KD on there. Okay. I'm to put KD on there, two-time Finals MVP. Uh, obviously, he's hit some 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 huge clutch shots there. Um, I think is probably uh, like if you say who's the one guy you least want to see in a playoff series right now, it's going to be KD. And absolutely don't give a bleep. <laughs> he he might lead the league, uh, and, and don't give a bleep. And then hmm. The fourth player on the Cajonas Factor list.
1: Wow! I was going to accuse you of short guy bias, but yeah, then you, no, the, you evened it out with Kevin Durant. Well, I, listen, I do
0: lean toward the short dudes. I, I and I'm as a six foot four guy, you know that that goes against my like in in life. Generally, I, I like to pick on the little fellows, you know.
1: I Present mean, I, company included. I,
0: I'm I'm a man who's been known to make short jokes. Also, been known to make bald jokes. You see, I can get away with that too. I mean, so this is a voluntary buzz cut. Um, I tell you what, man. I think I got to put Jaw on the list. I think I'm going to put Jaw as the number four guy. Just the again the combination of of, of clutch and of uh, of swagger. Because ah, that's the thing cojones factor is not just about getting the job done you need the bar having, having, yeah, having a little swagger about you. you know there's a whole bunch of honorable mentions around the league i tell you it factor is a lot about buckets I, I i'm i was tempted to put draymond on there though
1: i was about to say honorable mention draymond green
0: Yeah. Draymond is definitely an honorable mention. And he's a guy who you just know, like he's going to find a way to make some kind of key play, whether it shows up in the box score or not. And he's going (laughs) to, he's going to have a lot to say about it. And look, the guy's got three rings. So, and again, you know, he's a guy who there's a chip on his shoulder. Second round pick. Nope. The whole league didn't think I could play. Okay.
1: Joe Ingles, the best mention on the jazz.
0: No, Donovan is.
1: You think Donovan? Okay. Donovan, All right. without
0: question. With, without And and I think Donovan at, at times leans too much into, uh, you know, I, I'm the man, I'm going to take this thing over. There are times where the hero ball goes a little bit too far. But again, if, if, if you talk about like what Donovan has been able to do in playoff series, you know, a guy, the guy had multiple 50-point games. You know, the guys out there on one leg last year, uh, putting up 40 on a consistent basis, you know he can't jump, so he's just gonna okay. Hey, I'm gonna become, uh, I'm gonna do a Steph Curry impersonation for a, for a whole series. Uh, so no, Don Donovan, without question. Now Joe is obviously the the the, the best mouth on jazz. Yes. And, and if we want to talk about best trash talkers in the league, and uh, actually I, I'm I've been working on a story. Joe's gonna be part of this, even though he told me he's never gonna talk about trash talking again. Uh, Because you can't, you know, you can't interview Joe Ingles without getting a little bit of the the Joe Ingles, (laughs) you know, pain in the butt persona. But uh, Joe's definitely a top five trash talk.
1: That's the next list. When you come on next time, we'll do top trash talkers in the league. That's Tim McMahon, ESPN. Catch him on YouTube, Hoop Collective, everywhere on ESPN, Tim McMahon. Thanks for taking the time, man. Appreciate
0: it, JP.